All right, guys. I think we can uh, we can we can kick this get this thing going, and uh, we'll start with uh, Commissioner Fur. Uh, take it back up, item number forty-four. Okay, Commissioner thank you. Fur, you are up. Thank you. Um, I will not be supporting this today um, for a couple of reasons. Um, first, I don't think I think the pro it's the process that it's over that it's showing uh, only allows for us to have input very late in the game, and I don't think that's a good idea. I think there wants to be a give and take. I, want, I think there wants to be um, some healthy debate on what the priorities are. And as far as I can see, is we don't see that until so late in the game that it's almost impossible to, to um, rework it. So, I, so when they have the month-by-month -month process, I don't think that's a good idea. Second, I don't think, at least my reading of the statute does not allow for the tenure to go to be four years because it says I could be wrong on this, but I don't like the idea anyway. <laughs> but but the statute seems to say that it, sh it should be the chair of the county or their designee, and that would require. I, I could be wrong on that. <laughs> You're Easy. right; it's annual, but there can be reappointment on oh, an okay, annual basis. Okay, okay. But the statute actually includes that. Yeah, that's too. what I just read. The statute. Yeah. So. So every every mayor would be, be have to decide themselves. That would be their designee. So it ta like like Commissioner Ryan said, it takes away their opportunity to uh, designate who they who the mayor would like to do. So for that reason, I think that's uh, that shouldn't be included. Um, lastly, I, I always feel that when there is money being spent on that that taxes that have been um, uh, raised and are to be spent, I always think that it's there's an accountability factor, and I on, and I do think that as elected officials, we are we are the ones held accountable, and I don't think that should be ever um, designated. I think it's up to us to do that. So for those reasons, I won't be supporting this. I think um, everybody's spoken. We have a few people to go around. I just wanted to ask a couple questions, if that, if that's all right. The um, I have a question with regard to the second provision where it says to provide for TDC input into TDT program decisions made by the county outside the budgetary process in emergency or other exceptional circumstances. And the reason I wanted to ask that, and I want to ask this to Ms. Coffey, that seems very broad to me. And I know there are certain uh, powers designated to the county administrator uh, that uh, it pursuant to our charter that are her responsibility, you know, we're allowed to give our advice, the TDC can give its advice, but we're not allowed to interfere. And so my question is, if we enacted an ordinance that basically required the TDC to be involved in some of those processes, does that not go of array, I guess? Uh, does that, is that possibly violating the county charter? Wouldn't that be more of a charter amendment that would need to come into place rather than an ordinance change? It would, it would depend in large part on how you flesh this out. Um, I would have anticipated that you would have directed us to provide a system that in an extreme emergency it wouldn't need to go to the TDC, for example. Um, but that's sort of what I've asked for at the beginning of this. We, we do need some direction from the board if you were to, um, to direct us to draft along these lines. So my question is, and this is why I'm I don't curious. think it runs afoul of a charter. I think if you set up a system collectively that says the TDC needs to look at something, um, a proposal under specified circumstances, and they were rational circumstances, and you did it as a body, um, I don't think that runs afoul of the non-interference clause. Okay. 
Okay. If I'm understanding your question correctly. Yes, you are. Um, okay, we now have uh, Commissioner uh, uh, LaMarca and then Commissioner Wexler. Thank you, Mayor. I, I didn't necessarily want to go around just for the sake of doing it again, but um, there's some things, some statements that were made by my friend who's not here to defend himself um, that were just, I'm quite honestly, flat out wrong. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate, we're a big county, we're almost two million people, we're gonna continue to grow, and that's great. And we have the sawgrass to the seagrass, we have horses out in Parkland and Davie and Plantation, uh, we, have, we have everything for everybody. Uh, the funniest thing I heard was somebody said to me, well, we were down there and we took a cruise and we got on an airplane and we got out of there because there was nothing to do. And I think they probably find the same problem that some of our sports teams find if they're not doing, if they're not having a great year, specifically maybe our football team or our baseball team, if they are not having a great year and people don't go to the games, well, you know what, there's a lot of other stuff to do here. And that's because we have something for everybody. Uh, one of the things that, that was said was that all the hotels are on the beach. There's only a few hotels that aren't on the beach. Well, there are 560 hotels in Broward County. 181 of them are on the beach, which means 380 of them. So more than twice as many, or, or almost twice as many, are elsewhere around the county. It's a big county. The issue of the beach versus everything else shouldn't be what we're talking about here, but those, all the issues that the TDC deals with are just very important, and they, they hit a lot of other areas, but when you deal with numbers of where people are, uh, where people are coming when they stay there, so if, so if there's two to one in hotels that are not on the beach to the beach, uh, they tell me that if, if nobody, if, if, if the sand and the sun are not why people, not a major reason why people are coming here, then tell me why 62% of the people who come to South Florida go to the beach or stay on the beach versus other things. And the idea that we're not gonna continue to market and advertise when you look at look at every every sector of that, you can look at uh, LGBT tourism. It's almost uh, it's more it's a dollar and a half to every dollar spent uh, every person spent. It's it's a thousand dollars I think. So it's a little more than the normal normal spend, and it's that's nine hundred eighty dollars to a dollar spent in advertising. And that idea that we're to stop doing because maybe that topic, if it's just come to the beach, come to the beach, come to the beach. There are other things to do. We continually need to uh, advertise our destination, whether it's in London, which uh, Hello Sunny was just doing, or in Chicago, Boston, New York, any place that is snowing, cold, miserable, disgusting, cloud, just you, you can feel it right now. It's not like that out here. It's beautiful, 60 degrees, and you can go to the beach. Anywhere else in the country, we should be advertising the hell out of our destination right now there. So the idea that we wouldn't want to continue to do that is crazy. The code that we mentioned, it's from 1993. Spring break was still, I guess, you know, it was tailing off, I guess, at that point. If our code is from when we, we were a spring break destination, and not an arts and culture, uh, a family, uh, high-end luxury, we have all these different things to offer people now, and if we're gonna base our, our conversation about when we were a spring break destination, then we really shouldn't even have the conversation. Uh, I, I want the input from the folks on the TDC, it's important, as I said, we got $47 million put into the beach fund two years ago, and that was, that was the, the amount that took to finish up our piece of the state legislature, giving us our, uh, uh, basically our, uh, our state allocation for the, the beach funding for, for segment two. And we're continuing to go up there. We have segment three in, in Commissioner Fur and, and Commissioner Ryan's district, and we have the, the bypass. 
And if you don't think you need to be up there with people in the industry who state legislators, just like us here, look and see, oh, is that somebody from the industry that's, that's very good for my community, uh, the businesses that continue to produce good things for our business, we need to bring those folks up there. So I want their input. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve uh, the idea. I, I don't know about I don't, I don't know that I can support a four-year term. Again, I don't know that I'll ever be in that position, but myself. But uh, you know, I just think it's it's something that rotates. I do understand the issue, uh, Commissioner Wexler, though, that when you're when you're a you're on a board for one year, things happen like that. The alliance, for example, some things things change so quickly. Um, if you have more time, maybe we maybe we say two years, and you know, every other mayor doesn't get to make an appointment to that or something. But I mean, I. I understand uh, continuity and being able to go go on a little bit uh, uh, with with a plan and seeing something through. So that's an issue. But as far as as far as what I want to see, I want to I want their input and I want us to really take it seriously when they when they say to us, you know, we really want you to spend, you know, money on X instead of Y. Commissioner Wexler. First of all, I have nothing but the utmost respect for the individuals that serve on the TDC. They are general managers. They are the mayor of Fort Lauderdale and the mayor of Hollywood. They are leaders in the industry. Let me say that. This is my third year sitting as the chair of the Tourist Development Council since, and my 12th year as a commissioner. There are but four meetings a year, unlike the Broward Alliance that meets monthly, unlike most committees in under the umbrella of the Board of County Commissioners, there are but four meetings. I understand the um, resistance for a four-year appointment, but that's the language for every other appointment that's made to the TDC. That's where four years came from. The real question or the real issue for them was consistency. And Let's put that one aside because I want to go one by one. The next two were really issues that were taken directly from the conversation and the backup document that were prepared by the county budget office and the county administrator in October when we sat in a joint meeting with the TDC before the Panther vote up here where we said, yeah, we're going to have you as a part of this process and you're going to weigh in on it and it's going to be like this, step by step by step, weigh in. Not vote, not, not say this is the way it is. The first bullet is advisory. Advisory is the first bullet. Nothing changes. It stays advisory. The one big thing that's different with the Tourist Development Council is that that tax generates $11 million a penny. And so that 50 some odd plus million dollars that's generated is almost an economic engine. The, it, is, it is monies that are within that fund, within that enterprise. And true, they are designated for certain things such as debt service and and, and, and commitments that this commission made over the years and a whole myriad of, 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 of issues that um, um, are required. But there's also a great deal of flexibility within dollars generated. 
they wanted the opportunity and they wanted to feel that this county administrator is not going to be here forever. They recognized that. This policy, this ordinance had not been addressed since 1993. There has been over the years, and for some of the newer ones, you may not recall how ugly it got when the Panther organization came here and asked money for the scoreboard. And the TDC was bypassed completely. Or the Performing Arts Authority was um, asking for what, 9 million, 11, 11 million, 12 million, whatever. It was a lot of millions of dollars that they asked for some four years ago. And this commission said yes, but the TDC was bypassed. That's the extraordinary, extraordinary request that they're asking for, that this administrator, this county administrator, has no problem with. The, to have their input, to have them weigh in on it, yes, no, unless if they say no, and this board feels, oh my, we're gonna say yes, that's our prerogative. We get to do that. We are the ultimate decision maker here. They recognize they are advisory to the Board of County Commissioners. But there were a, a number of, of issues, one that was said by Commissioner Holness regarding cultural and, and one by, by my colleague, Commissioner um, Ritter, regarding their lack of participation. She's spot on. They didn't show up twice to meetings that were scheduled. The third time, and it took my saying to them, and it went something like this. Don't open your mouths if you're not gonna have a seat at the table and come when the meeting is scheduled. The third time, and you can ask, Earl is out there, they showed up, their reps showed up because that was it, the party was over. And if you actually wanna participate, and they did, and there was nothing that was wrong, they, they pretty much all came to agreement of the ones that should be moved forward to this body to make the ultimate decision. We recognize our authority. They recognize theirs. Um, I wrote down, uh, um, I, I, I would like to ask legal a, a question because there is something that I, and, and Jim Raleigh had attended that, at that meeting in which this um, request for, uh, actually they did a motion. I said the process at the commission level you can do all the motions you want, TDC. The process at the commission level is now a motion to direct, which is ask you all if you want to do this or not, because she doesn't start writing, that staff and legal doesn't start writing unless there are six, you know what the rules are. Six objectors, it goes down. If there aren't, and, and, I, and I'm not so sure that it's worth really, unless there's, there's support up here for moving this forward that it's really worth the battle. But I, I will tell you the message to the industry, the message to the industry is one that's really, really poor, really poor, because they're asking to codify the process that was already thrown out there in October in that workshop where none of us said, I object, I will not support that. That didn't happen. So, Ms. Ms. Um, Coffey, Commissioner Furr referenced the state statute. The state statute says, identifies that the mayor 
there could not be a term appointment? It says that the governing board of the county shall have the option, excuse me, wrong sentence, the chair, meaning the mayor of this board, shall be appointed or elected, excuse me, the chair of the TDC shall be appointed or elected annually and may be reelected or reappointed. So it can only be a year. So that's so then that's not even then it's a non-starter. And at that meeting, if that's if my interpretation is correct, if my interpretation and I'm not a lawyer, you're giving me advice. That's our advice. Your advice is then it's a non-starter. It couldn't you can't. We could change your ordinance, but I can't change the state well, statute. The, the statute says it has to be annual. You could restrict yourselves to say and the person appointed by the mayor in 2016 must be reappointed annually for the next three years. That's more restrictive right. in the statute. So it could be done. Could be done. I, I, I just think that let's not throw out their intent. Their intent was consistency. That's all that it was, is, is, is that if that's not the will of this commission, it's not the will of this commission. It's a democracy. And the... That's it. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. Commissioner Wexler, I, I totally agree that the TDC should have input, and I totally agree they should weigh in, but they do now. They do. They have input. They weigh in, and you of all people, I can't understand why you would want to make this into an ordinance because in the future, you always talk about long term. In the future, if there's a problem, we are stuck then with an ordinance, a resolution. I mean, the TDC fellow commissioners have an input. They do weigh in, and, and by, giving, by delegating any power away from us, uh, to me, I mean, we're elected to represent our constituents, not to delegate our authority away to people who are not elected. And, and well, Commissioner Wexler, I mean, I'm sorry, Commissioner Lamarca said, I want their input. I agree. I think we all want their input, just like any other advisory committee, and we get it. Why do we need an ordinance? I, I, I just want to say, I'm not asking you the question, I'm just talking. And, and I just want to say, I, I think it's ridiculous to put this into an ordinance. I think it'll create not only problems for the future, because you don't know about that committee, but for all the other, all the other committees. We get their input, we, we, get, we get their way on, and, I, and uh, anyway, I, I just uh, hope that, uh, uh, just wanted to express it. Uh, Commissioner Sharif. Oh my God, you guys talked so long, I forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> um, hold on. That's horrible, I'm so sorry. Um, I just wanted to say, I, you know what? I, I was thinking that it was something I was gonna remember, but then it was just like four people went and then I just totally forgot it. So um, anyway, yeah, no, I'm not senior yet. Um, but anyway, I was just gonna say that um, as far as the term is concerned um, with the four years, I got it, I understood. I mean, when I was um, chair of the TDC, I think I, I wanted to take it in a different direction in terms of Broward County. And they may not have always agreed with my direction, but I felt like the money needed to be spread throughout Broward County. And I always felt like, well, if I had a second year, maybe I could convince some of them. I'm less hopeful of that now. Um, I don't think that that's going to ever change, but um, I don't feel like 
you necessarily need four years of the same person on the TDC in order to get anything done. Because, um, I mean, we all know how change occurs up here, and when you're term limited out, you're out. And you have to accept the new people in, and you have to accept new ideas and new things. So um, I just think that um, sometimes it's hard for people to change and accept new, new things and to accept that things are going to be a little bit different. And so I think that a lot of the push for this Maybe because there are a lot of new changes going on. Nikki Grossman is leaving, and there are commissioners up here that are going to be changed out on terms of boards, you know. Um, and, and every year we change the mayorship. And it, it, depending on, you know, the preference of the mayor, they may want to serve. And so um, I get they've, you've just been in one of those uh, positions where you've served two years in a row. I know. Well, it doesn't matter it, whether you ask for it or not, but if they chose to give that to you, that's fine. But, you know, I don't think that we should box in people to having one person uh, relegated to that position for four years. And so um, I didn't say anything about that before because um, I, I, I really felt very strongly that this is just the first step in, um, in, in trying to uh, get the commission to relinquish some of our authority and control. I just don't feel like this is something that we necessarily have to do. And it doesn't mean that we don't respect the opinions that come from the TDC. I do. I respect them. I just think that a lot of the opinions that come from the TDC are driven by um, their, the person who's giving them their gain and meaning that the hoteliers who own the hotels along the beach want that money to be reinvested on the beach side. I mean, I, I, I guess when you're looking at it in that, uh, from, from generating dollars, yeah, we, we do generate a lot of dollars on the beach, but we also generate it in other places, and we also have the capability of, of um, having tourists that come here experience new things all over our county. And so I, I think that that's the direction that I'd like to see the TDC go in. And I don't care who the next director is. I think that that person is going to have to take the input from this county commission very seriously. And I think that um, change is not always a bad thing. And so I'm, I'm going to, I, I, as much as, you know, I respect you, Commissioner Wexler, and I would, I, and I, I would do most anything. Why? Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm not doing anything. But I just want to let you know that I do respect the fact that you brought it forward, and I do respect the people on the TDC. I just don't think that on this one they're right. Um, Commissioner Ryan. Commissioner Wexler, you brought this item. So if you're prepared to um, amend your motion to remove the four-year term and, and retain the appointment by the mayor of um, a county commissioner to the TDC for a one-year term, and then you move the balance of your item, uh, I think you're going to get sufficient votes. So that's what I would suggest you do at this time. Consider my, since I submitted it, may I withdraw that section of it? Yes. Certainly. Consider it withdrawn. I still don't know if there are six objectors. I really don't. And if there are six objectors. If you make the motion, we'll find out very quickly. Okay. Well, let's keep, we still have a couple people I want to speak first before. Oh, yeah. Uh, Commissioner Holness. Yeah, I, I believe we have a solution at hand. Uh, we can do this without uh, making it an ordinance. 
Ms. Henry, would you be willing to put pretty much what's here in practice? Because it's all we need to do. We don't need an ordinance to do it. We already have an ordinance. Huh? We have an existing ordinance. They, they they as Commissioner Wexler indicated, the attachments to the agenda item that, that um, sort of walks through the process, the process that exists today and how it might be modified to capture input from um, the, the TDC before the, the, the county commission actually adopts a budget. And I think the, the, the issue is more, not so much just the CBB budget, but the the total program supported by the tourist development taxes is where um, comments that I've received where they wanted to have more input. Um, what I just need clarification, I just think Commissioner Fur, you made some comments that I wanna make sure I, I understand more cl closely because the way that the process is outlined now, it's like uh, they're just in the queue with other county agencies to go through budget discussions and review. So if you'd like, to have something a little bit different, um, if you could just help me with that a little well, bit. Yeah, Otherwise, I'm, I, you know, what I have here, I am certainly prepared to do. Okay, to practice. Of course, Commissioner. Um, Commissioner. Yeah, my, my, my main concern was it, in the um, chronology here, it doesn't have us um, allowing feedback or, or, com or recommendations until August. And to me, that's late. To me, that's late in the game. If there's going to be a change in things, because b with your qu with quarterly meetings, I don't think there's a, a chance to go back and forth. So, so to me, those those meetings or, or those recommendations and asking for our feedback should come earlier in the game. It should be like May or something, where there's an opportunity to say, "Here's what we agree with this. We don't agree with this." It goes back to them. It comes back to us. Otherwise, there's no there's no opportunity for for a give and take. So the the uh, because the tourist development taxes <coughs> is not part of the budget that's affected by property taxes, and you and you know you're not establishing property tax rates or anything right. like that. Um, the reason I chose August was we get a lot of the, the focus in June, if you recall, uh, May and June is on your general fund and right. and water and sewer and so forth operations. Um, the tourist development tax program, I mean, you can move it up, but I, I, I was trying to get you in a posture that they can see what it is that we're recommending. They would have time to meet over the summer to get whatever comments they want to get to you. But in, you usually meet the, the second to third week in August and you have your first public hearing um, the, latter, the, first, the second week of September. So there's about a month right, but where there concern, can be exchange. My concern is this. There are things that are, if they are in here, or, or if there's there's other things that that we do need to deal with with regard to the general fund, and they aren't addressed in here, then it's hard to, to maneuver. I realize this is not part of the property tax, but sometimes, like let's say we may need to dedicate certain money for for beach fund. Okay, we know we need this certain amount. Well, if we if we don't find out until August that the TDC is going to do that much, and then we may realize, oh, well, this is how much we're going to have to do the general fund. It doesn't give us a lot of wiggle room because there's other things that we have to to take into consideration. I want more. I want more time than that. I think we deserve more time than that. Um, that's all. Okay. So you, what you're asking is that I modify the schedule to have the board. I mean, sure. the whole schedule. Yeah. So we'll come back. That, that's, we'll, that, that's my main concern: is modifying the schedule. Okay. 
but but this is going month by month. This is saying in June this happens, in August this happens, and that's that's what if you're codifying that, you're stuck with that. That's, that's, and that's right. not good. That's right. That that that's, that part's not good. You you we need the flexibility. Yeah. We absolutely. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. yeah but then I'm. How am I going to? How am I going to? What, what, as as a motion to direct, I think, I think we got as the, a motion to wait, direct, wait, wait, guys, through. Actually, uh, I have the floor. Wait, through the chair, if it's okay. No, no, I don't have. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, is it? Okay, Commissioner Holness actually has the floor, okay. and then we'll move on over over here. Commissioner Holness. Okay. And, and, but I tell you what, allow without complaining because it demonstrates what I'm trying to say. When we put this in an ordinance, we restrict ourselves. It becomes so restrictive that we can't adjust and adapt as we need to. This can be done without going there, is, is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and I think it's better for us that we put it in practice rather than put it in, in an ordinance, that then something happens and we gotta change, we gotta go back and modify the ordinance so we can't do it. That doesn't make any sense. I think, I think what we have here that's already in place, uh, it, an expansion and a more uh, uh, detailed process gives them all that they're asking for. I don't think we need to go any further than that. Thank you. Commissioner Wexler, did you want to add anything? Let me make the motion and end Sounds this true. agony, okay? Please, one way or another, either there, are, either there are six or there aren't six, one way or another. I'm moving the item minus the four-year term. I guess we just raise your hand. All in favor to move the item minus the four-year term, please raise your hand. It fails six to three. Okay. We have uh, one last item on the agenda, and that is item number 45. Uh, this is a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, uh, requesting that the legislature annually allocate at least $300 million from the Land Acquisition Trust Fund for the purpose of land acquisition. And this is for uh, sponsored by Commissioner Ritter. Thank you. Um, two weeks ago, I uh, received a call from former United States Senator Bob Graham, who... Um, asked me if I would consider putting this resolution on the agenda. Um, I suggested that he forward language to me, uh, took a look at it, put it on the agenda um, as a result. It simply requests that the Florida legislature annually allocate at least $300 million from the Land Acquisition Trust Fund for, for purposes of land acquisition, as was the original intent of Amendment 1. It has nothing to do with lawsuits. It has nothing to do with bashing the legislature. Um, it's just asking that the legislature do what 80 plus percent of Broward County voters thought was happening when Amendment 1 was passed, which is that money would be used to actually purchase conservation lands. That's it. I wanted to move it to consent, but Apparently, I think uh, Commissioner Lamarca, Commissioner Ritter. Um, I, I first of all, I am one of uh, Bob Graham's chips. He's got Burpee. He's got me. And I think he's got another one. 
I think the world of him, and I think the work that he and Congressman Shaw uh, at the time did with our Everglades. What are you talking about? There, oh, there's a guy named Chip yeah. Burpee that worked the for, two chips for Graham for a while. Yeah. Um, I think the work that they did was, was tremendously important, and I am 100% in support of the concept, except for the fact that I've been up there the last two, uh, twice in the last month, and I know from sitting with the Senate President, it was, a, it was an issue with us getting the $50 million allocation for beaches out of Amendment 1. It passed, Amendment 1 passed 83%. I don't know anybody that voted against it. It was, a, it was an excellent uh, initiative, and it should kick off $650, $700 million a year, one-third of the dock stamps. Um, what's going on in Tallahassee is not something I personally agree with. Uh, just put the money in there and let the project, you know, let the projects move forward that are prior that, that are priority, like the Everglades and beaches. Um, my only concern is that if, if we're we're asking for 300 million, we're doing just that. We're asking, um, and and it's fine, except that they've already said, look, 200 million dollars is already set, and that's that's as much as we're going to spend on the the Legacy Florida project. And if that happens, you're not going to have any beach money other than what it, they take out of the general fund, which I think right now they're talking about 28 million, which is just a little more than half of what we would really like to see in there to move these projects forward on a two and three year basis as they get in the queue from DEP. Um, I'm not against it, but I just want to make sure that we, we know that, you know, they've already said the pot that they're going to use for this is 200 million. Um, and I just don't want to compromise uh, beach funding for segment three and for the bypass. Mr. Mayor. Uh, Commissioner Ritter. I respect that, Commissioner LaMarca, but this is not a partisan issue. Even Senator Altman has filed an amendment, a Republican from the central part of the state has filed an amendment to put more money into land acquisition, 200 million plus more into land acquisition. So I hope you don't make it a partisan issue. I don't want it to be a partisan issue. It isn't a partisan issue because 84% of Broward voters, not every one of them, was a Democrat. Um, I'd like to know who the 16% were who voted against it, by the way, because I've never found anybody that voted no either. But I, I also hesitate to accept what the legislature says it's going to do on face value. Um, they say lots of things. They say they're in favor of less government, when in fact, if you look at actually what happens, that's really not true. Um, so while I, I not, you know, again, I, you vote how you want to vote. This is what we do here. But um, this, this is not about beach renourishment. This is not about taking money from any one particular project to put it someplace else. This is about strictly about following the letter and the spirit of Amendment 1, which is putting the amount of money into land acquisition that the voters said they wanted. That's all it is. There's, there's nothing in here that bashes the legislature. I made sure of that. Just because my Marty, if I mayor, commissioner, commissioner, commissioner Lamarca, if I, Marty, I don't want to follow the, I don't want to follow the federal uh, primary candidate rules when someone's name is mentioned. They go, but, I, but I'm going to go. I, I want to point I out that I will not call you the p word. I want, I, I want to point out that number one, I agreed with everything you just said. I didn't mention the word partisan or either party not one time. I'm talking about having a sit down conversation twice with the president of the Senate, which is where the funds are 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 allocated. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying, I, I didn't I don't think this is, I don't think this is antagonistic. I don't think it does any of those things that you, that you, you said. We're on the same page. Okay. My only point is we've got to figure out how to advocate to get them to move that, 
pot of money higher than, than $200 million if you're going to get to three plus the other stuff. So everything you said um, I agree with, so I'm not sure how it became a became one of those uh, those issues, but it's it's we, we agree. Well, I did not I, – I, I, I don't let I, – I hope you don't misunderstand me here. Um, when I say that um, it, it shouldn't be a partisan issue, I, I, I respect the fact that the Senate president has said something. But I also respect the process enough to know that that's one vote out of 40 state senators. And if enough of the members of that body would do what the voters actually asked them to do, things would be different here and elsewhere. That's, and, 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 and I did not, this was not a, an attack on you, Commissioner LaMarca, at I, all. I, I, no, I, know, I understand that. I'm just, my, again, whatever, again, whatever is said here is going to be well, tweeted and whatever else. I would, I would no tell you this. What. There are two fights going on in Tallahassee. There's the one that everybody always thinks it's, well, there's three, actually. Take that back. There's the one between the governor and his request and his budget and the rest of the, the legislature. Uh, there is the typical one side of the aisle versus the other. And, and the worst one that's going on is within my side of the aisle. And it's completely keeping them from doing things that people want them to do, i.e. pass a budget and come home. And, and the only thing with, with one session. And, you know, it, it is, look, we're going back up for, for Broward Days, going to probably, you know, other than, the, you know, couple of the things, ignore most of those e events, uh, you know, the, the walking around and seeing our legislators from Broward County, because what I, what I find to be effective is finding on either side of the aisle and in either house, finding the folks who are on the right committees and asking them the right questions and asking them to support the, the issues. So I agree with you. Um, I'm going to support it. I just want to make sure that we try to figure out how they get more money into the fund. Commissioner well, Ryan. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Commissioner Ryan. I was going to move it. So, sorry. Before we move the item, I just want to uh, clarify, what is the um, estimate of the annual amount that is appropriated to fund Amendment 1 total amount? Is it 500, 700, 800 million? 67. Yeah, 6, 6 million. All right, so we do know that um, there's been a commitment by, I think, both House and, House and Senate leadership that 200 million will be allocated to um, Everglades restoration. So if we move $300 million over to land acquisition, how much is left for uh, additional programs? Because it does also speak in the amendment to the, um, the management uh, restoration of existing lands. So what's left? I don't think there's – I was hoping that somebody would be able to comment on that. But I, that's uh, – that was just – that was my inquiry. All right. Second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? All of – yeah, they show the item passes unanimously. We'll now move on to the mayor's report. Uh, the first thing, which I think is incredibly important, you know, uh, generally when Commissioner Ryan speaks, I tend to listen. And the reason I do that is because I always try to respect my elders. And uh, right now is his birthday. He has turned 60 years old. So please give Commissioner Ryan a big round of applause. That's a, a scribble, yeah. <laughs> Over the hill. <laughs> uh, the other issue that I just wanted to bring up quickly, and I wanted to, 
I, I didn't want to finish the conversation uh, with regard to the Tourist Development Council because I wanted that to, I wanted us to vote to see where we were. Um, but I do want to thank Commissioner Wexler for the great work she's done on there. And I wanted to bring this up because I was listening to some of the conversation. You know, I was honored to appoint her to that position. And she's right. It's not something that she wanted. Uh, but she did a great job under Commissioner Ryan. And I, I was especially proud of the work she did with regard to the Panthers issue. I know, but we decided to give it to you. And, uh, it's, and as a result, it was my honor to put you back on there. And, um, you know, and so I think you're doing a great job. And with that said, other than that, the day is over. So let's start with our with going around the day. So we started here before, so we'll start with Beamfer over there. Thank you. Fur. Um, just real quick, uh, I did attend a, a meeting yesterday with the uh, city of Hollandale and the MPO and our staff. And it was the one thing I would say that was good about that. It began a discussion about transportation countywide, and what was good about that was that this that city at least came prepared with some very good ideas of connectivity to the larger system. And I think if all the cities can kind of start with that same thing in mind, with what projects they think they could bring to the table, I think it would be a, it would be a a good step. That's all. Thanks, Commissioner Wexler. I'd kind of like to follow up on that. I wasn't going to go there today, but I've been following this, at least in the paper, as to what's been going on and the meetings with the MPO. And I know many of you are on there. Fortunately, I'm not this year. And um, I just, I look forward to next week's workshop. But Stacy and I have been through this where at least before there was a plan. I hope that next week somebody is going to unfold for us a plan a s with some kind of details of who gets what. When you just said about, so they are participating in this workshop um, at the table with us? Is that, what's the plan? Yes, the initial goal uh, was to have the MPO participate. Um, they, um, um, the MPO is updating their 2040 plan. Uh, we are updating our plan. Uh, to say that we have a joint plan that we will be able to present at the meeting um, on Tuesdays probably. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't We're know that there. that that will come together because I suspect that the two plans exceed what um, would be available, but at least a path forward to discuss how we might come to consensus on the highest priorities of of uh, both entities. And there's just some other issues that uh, remain outstanding. Um, hopefully in the next couple of days we'll get those ironed out. And if not, we'll know when we, when we meet on Tuesday. But there will be a, ro a robust discussion, discussion uh, total, you know, full, I, yes? There's, there will be a discussion. Uh, I anticipate a discussion about our respective desires and needs. How many members of the MPO are participating? I, I, I have not heard from Mr. Stewart just yet. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you are not. You are a commissioner. You get to do it. Ms. Cassini has been sort of taking lead, so she has an update. Um, both Greg Stewart and the chair of the MPO have indicated they would like to participate, and I believe that others will probably also be in attendance based on my conversations with them today. 
Okay, but the chair and the executive director would be at the table with us. Thank you. If, if I may add to, to your comments, Commissioner Wexler, I am serving on the MPO. Uh, I have made it to all the meetings, uh, the surtax meetings. Uh, and this week we moved a little bit forward. Uh, but I can tell you that the last, last week at the last meeting, what we have today is not what was there. What was there is that the cities wanted to uh, do a capital improvement surtax. Dale, I didn't want to discuss this on uh, the day. Uh, all I wanted to know was okay. process. So let's wait until next Tuesday okay. to get into this. I don't think it's right. no appropriate right. at this no point. I, I, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't wasting my time, truthfully. I think, I think it will be a good meeting. Because otherwise I'll lay in the sun or something. It will be a good meeting. I, just to follow up on that, I did get... Yesterday, I did get a couple calls there. Broward Days is going on, and so some city commissioners were not happy with us that it was on this day. Gretchen, you haven't found that there nobody's objected to you that you've spoken to because they're going to be in Broward Days? Mayor, um, what I explained was that we had an, originally anticipated uh, doing the workshop on the 2nd, as had been published at the MPO's request, because they did require more time. We had to find another date. It was decided that while the 16th wasn't optimal because of Broward Days, that waiting until March was even less optimal. So um, many of us who are traveling to Broward Days are just going to have to leave after the workshop. But yes, there have been people who have expressed dismay about that. Sure. Commissioner Ritter. Thank you. I would just like to say that I love Cam Newton. <laughs> Um, uh, Commissioner Ryan, age before beauty. You know. uh, Commissioner Ritter, I think you love Cam Newton more than he loves himself he today. He was no, um, very saddened by the outcome of that game. Well, in any way possible. Right. <laughs> so, um, members for, uh, for Tuesday's workshop, um, be ready for as Commissioner Wexler says, a robust discussion. Um, I'm not going to get into the details, but when I um, read the report that had come out from the um, subcommittee that was discussing how to allocate the funding for the transportation tax, to say we're apart might be an understatement. Um, there are just completely different categories, and it's something that I would hope everybody will look at the request uh, from the MPO prior to that meeting so you're prepared and uh, I would ask you county administrator if you would also have those numbers in advance of the workshop so that the members know where the county is with its priorities where the MPO is, is with its desires and so that we can understand a, a starting point at the beginning of that workshop because it could go on all day uh, I will be up it could go all day, and I'm talking about from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And we added the taxi cabs All the way. It could too. go all the way. Uh, I'll be up in Orlando on Thursday uh, meeting with the uh, South Florida Water Management District. Uh, an item, one of the items on the agenda is to discuss uh, prioritizing on the Water Management district, uh, District's approved project, the C-51 Reservoir, which is a large uh, a natural reservoir in western Palm Beach County and critical to enhancing the water supply uh, that would be available to Broward County. 
if we get the um, the approval of the water management district as a priority project, that will be step one. And step two will be we will be making a request to the Florida legislature uh, for funding uh, under uh, a formula that may um, look to return some of the money to Tallahassee after uh, the utilities um, in, in Broward County first and then in Palm Beach County um, acquire the water that will be available after all of the infrastructure improvements. So it's an important project, and I'll be uh, reporting back uh, at our next regular meeting. Commissioner Sharif. Thank you, Mayor. Um, first, I'd like to say that um, I attended the Universal Soul Circus in the beautiful city of Miramar. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that is like the greatest circus on earth, I guess, um, because it's in my district. Um, anyway, um, it is the UniversalSoulCircus.com. That's U-N-I-V-E-R-S-O-U-L Circus.com. You can get the tickets at Ticketmaster from February the 4th to the 15th. We are um, really supportive of making sure that everybody gets a chance to attend that. That is a, um, a really awesome experience. My kids enjoyed it. Um, the second thing that I wanted to bring up is that um, we had a senior safety seminar and legislative update at the Austin Hepburn Center in Hallandale um, with um, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz this week. That went very well for the seniors there. I'm looking forward to um, doing another. Um, and then this Saturday, February the 13th, I will attend the Legacy Magazine's 25 Most Influential and Prominent Women in Business and Leadership at the Miramar Cultural Center. And I would like to congratulate our purchasing director, Brenda Billingsley, on receiving the honor, as well as Natasha Hampton of the Marketing and Public Relations um, Department for the City of Miramar. She's a director there, and both are being awarded. My last um, uh, statement is going to be about the NACO Legislative Conference in Washington, D.C. We'll, it will start in about 10 days. I'll be there to represent Broward County in my role as the NACO Health Steering Committee member and as the Florida Association of Counties president. I know, um, Commissioner Lamarco, you're going to be there as well, right? going to have to miss D.C. this time of year. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I guess I'll be we're cold by myself. <laughs> yeah, this will be the first time. Usually, um, this is my wingman. Um, so anyway, uh, and then my, my last thing is that I really want to wish um, Tim Ryan, a very, very happy birthday. And I just want to let you know that according to the ethics rule, I could renew your AARP membership for free <laughs> because it's less than $5. And you're distinguished. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca. So what, what, what is what is a, a six-year-old, like a hexagenarian? What is that? <laughs> I put a hex on you. I bet you already have. Um, uh, no, I just, I'm just directing my attention to the, the, old, the eldest gentleman up here. What's that on the side of your head? Is that gray hair? I've been told it's hair. It's all that matters. Um, yeah, I you know, believe it's very quiet. <laughs> exactly. yeah. The beam is just sitting there, very quiet. You know, bring the discussion back to what's uh, non-agenda, and just to say though that maybe Brittany will now understand why 
I call Beam for E.F. Hutton because when he does speak, people listen. Marty doesn't know what that means, and neither does any of the other yeah. youngsters here. No, because they're too young. He's right. I don't know. I think E.F. Hutton was gone by the time he was around. Anyway, uh, good news from our port. Uh, part of the work we did uh, was there last week for fact days in Tallahassee. And start, started off the, uh, the, the trip by going up a day early and uh, worked with the port, uh, port Everglades advocacy team. Uh, and we were able to let the, the folks in Tallahassee know the good news that we did receive the record of decision for the EIS, which is uh, with that, the feasibility study was formally transmitted to Congress for authorization in the next word of bill. So as the president of the Senate, uh, Vice President Biden, I believe, is, uh, had some type of approval on that. So it has moved forward. We just need to make sure that the federal government holds together through 16, and there's a word of bill, and then it passes. That's an, and then that's we're good. Yeah, that's a big yet right to with respect to other things in the district, it's been a couple of weeks I've been here, but I will be very quick. Last week, uh, this past weekend, was our Lighthouse Point Keeper Day celebration, and that is the Keeper of the Light. It's kind of like our uh, Founders Day, but we, we've called it that because of the Lighthouse. But uh, some three great uh, local, local families that have been uh, running small businesses in the city, the Naughty Dog Marina Restaurant and the Marina, that family, uh, which is the Speaker family, the uh, Balustrary family for the real estate World, and I know uh, Dale and, and uh, the other real estate folks here would know that who they are, and the Warden family, the arts and crafts and framing folks. This weekend, it is if you're bored or you want to come over to the northeast quadrant of the county, Deerfield Beach will be holding its uh, Pioneer Days with a parade and all kinds of festivities. Um, yes, Barbara, I will be missing NACO for the first time. I know. But I just, it, it's too much travel in uh, Washington, D.C. Somehow they had a 100-year storm three times while I was up there. The airport closed, and that was for one inch of snow. And last month they had two feet of snow, so I'm not going to gamble with it. Um, but I would be dancing. It would get stuck. Because you're the president. Okay. Um, C-51. Gentlemen. I met, a, I met a state rep who was very, very close friends with our friend Mr. Bogan here, Commissioner Bogan. Uh, he is the district representative where C-51 is going to be going. So you guys can get together with him and start advocating the heck out of that for... Uh, Raider. Raider. You got another friend up there? He <laughs> <laughs> um, said he was your friend. Um, the... The, the, the issue we took up earlier today about reuse water, I, I would just say these three, three things in sequence and realize that our relationships with that county are very important. The reuse project, uh, they have built a waste energy plant that we didn't build, but some of our private, our, you know, private contractors are bringing waste there, and then the C-51 project. So um, we want to make sure that we, were, uh, we remain on, in good terms with our friends there. Huh? Reasonable, yes, yes. Um, finally, uh, I have to say I didn't, uh, I didn't, wasn't a big fan of Lady Gaga, her regular music, her meat dress, her antics, or any other crazy stuff, but wow, what a uh, rendition of the national anthem. I almost forgot that I was rooting for the Panthers, and I just went with the old guy in honor of you, <laughs> Commissioner Ryan. I went with Peyton Manning, which I was told that night our Gator friends, including your, including your office manager, or your chief of staff said, yes, but Peyton Manning never beat the Gators, as if that was relevant after he won the Super Bowl. Of course, of course. Um, I, before you go, Commissioner Holness, Commissioner Ritter has one more thing to add. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, 
This is the last week for my chief of staff, Ken Pauley. Oh, yeah. Um, Ken is retiring. And um, <laughs> I just want you all to make sure that you get a chance to say good luck to him. Um, it's been a great five years with him here. He's, I've known him longer than that in a, in a different life when he gave me an opportunity um, to be on the radio. And um, I'm just really going to miss him. And um, I hope that you'll just all make sure you stop in and wish him um, the best. Thank you. Absolutely. Well said. Commissioner Holness. This, this past week, I was over at Port Everglades uh, to welcome a delegation from Haiti, the mayor of uh, Cap Haitian, the mayor of Lemonade. Uh, there's a manufacturing sector being built up there, and our goal is to, of course, increase the $1.2 billion in trade that we did with them last year and, and ensure that Port Everglades is the place uh, that they go through. Also this week, I uh, met with uh, a group from Grenada. Uh, they do a lot of spice and a lot of fishing, uh, uh, and uh, talked to them about coming here uh, to look here first before they go anywhere else uh, to do their shipping. So hopefully that will help us to ensure we created more jobs out of Port Everglades. And I think one of the things that was very impressive was the fact that we now have a rail system going right into the port that can that can reach 70% of uh, the population in the U.S. within four days. So that's that was very attractive to them. This this Saturday, the African American Research Co uh, Library and Cultural Center uh, will we will host a free small business expo from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, there will be about 12 entrepreneurs that will be showcasing their business or, and other businesses are invited to attend or office of con uh, the county's Office of Small Business and Economic Development will be there to make presentation and to help these companies uh, build capacity uh, to then go into the March event two days at, uh, Ever uh, at the convention center to assist them. On this Saturday also, Early in the morning, uh, the city of Lauderdale Lakes is hosting their eighth annual Black History Parade. I'm told I'll be the master of ceremony there. Uh, that will start at 9 a.m. at Willie Webb Center and then proceed to the library on Oakland Park Boulevard. And, and the unincorporated area, which we all serve as the uh, leaders of that municipality. City <laughs> city commissioners, if you wish. Uh, we're hosting a cleanup this Saturday from 8 a.m. to 12 noon, and we're looking for volunteers. Anyone who'd like to volunteer can contact our staff, Elaine Barrett, at 954-474-1870. Commissioner Bogan. You know, for those of you that weren't here, uh, the, about 12 people that did attend our No Sweat Marathon. Aww. Just want to let you know, the 55 and over crowd won. That was me. I, I actually beat the younger crowd, yeah, and we had a good time. So uh, forget that. we're going to do that again, <laughs> Mayor. 
and uh, the young guys couldn't uh, keep up with the old guys. It's true. And um, it's pardon true. me. He, he picks. We did ping pong. Things. We did basketball, and we did bowling. Wait, 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 wait. The basketball Excuse was me. free throw shooting. <laughs> we, we did free, free throw th- shooting. It was a no sweat triathlon. It was no sweat. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I, I, wait, excuse me. I'm, I have the floor oh, here. So you do have the floor. I, I needed to lose a pound, so I, I cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and, and therefore, I, I took my weight from losing from my hair. See? So, he knows it, too. Yeah, see, there's John. <laughs> exactly. He knows it. Anyway. The, uh, I, will, I will say this. We did have our no sweat you know, thing, and, and a few of us are, had been sore losers and have been wanting to be very quiet about it. Um, Drew was going to prepare a proclamation honoring Mark Bogan, and I squashed it because I just can't take the public ridicule on this one. But it's, a, it's a, no, Mark was great. He did awesome. He actually had 80% on his free throws. He is an incredible ping pong player. And, and when it comes to bowling, wow. your form is perfection, my friend. So it, it was good. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. With that said, we are adjourned. I could talk about Coconut Creek and Margate if you want. About that, county administrator, nothing. County County Adler, nothing. County attorney, nothing. We're good. Right. <laughs>